don't ask you stupid questions. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm thinking. I know that we care. Who do we have on tonight? I can't remember. Welcome to the Clapped Out Podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Logan. Who do we have? It's somebody. Tonight, um, Scott Bayo. Wait. Scott Bayo. Was he in the Austin Powers movies? No. That was Sean, not Sean Williams. Sean Scott. Connery. No, that was James Bond. Which James Austin Bond Powers, or Sean William Scott? No, who's the he's the Bobby voice Shagman? of the guy, the the kid on Family Guy. Seth Green. Seth Green. Not even a Scott. Not even close. <laughs> what if Seth Green came on the podcast tonight instead of <laughs> Brian Scotto? <laughs> he just remotes his uh, Scotto's big prank on us. Like, here's an actress everyone stopped caring about 10 years ago. There you go. So if you're listening on iTunes today, oh, man, tonight, whatever time you're listening to this, uh, we have Brian Scotto, the brains of the operation behind everything Hoonigan, is going to be on the podcast tonight. Uh, he'll be joining us in about 25 minutes or so. So if you want to jump ahead, you can, but otherwise just listen to our banter. Logan's a gun guy now and he has lots to tell us. Oh my God. I'm a gun. I'm such a gun guy. I'm like a, I'm like a hardcore. I think we should let's, here's the thing. We have some time. Do you want to just go live on Facebook now too? I'm working on it. Oh, you're doing it right now? I am. Are you in the middle of doing it or are we like going to be ready to go? Because I feel like that's why I did the like Logan's a gun guy now to pass it to you. Yo, I, you're I may be a gun guy, but I'm not the leave my stickers on my tire guy. Look at that. You <laughs> clown. I'm just going to burn them off the first if time I, I go If I take a sticker off, it won't be new anymore. You know what? I'm going to leave them on the track when I go run sevens. That's why. They're still on there. In the eighth mile. It's like leaving the, is that like leaving the sticker on your hat? Is that the Look, same I'm thing? Mo- I'm, I got out of the shower and I immediately moisturized. That's how excited I am for Brian Scotto to come on the show. <laughs> You're moist. I'm not, I did. I moisturized my moisture. That was crazy moist in my situation. My situation was very wet. So I'm a gun guy now. Um, I picked up the hobby many years ago and I've been, I've been heavy into the gun, the gun scene, which is probably going to get us banned off everything, right? Uh, we're not live on Facebook yet, so we can talk about guns. Okay. We can talk about the price of what are people calling them freedom seeds. Oh my God, dude. So any of these Facebook, like, oh, sorry. Any of these groups that are not on any social media platforms. Oh, we're live on Facebook now, too. So why don't you, should you do another intro? Like, that's right. <laughs> Welcome to the Clap Out Podcast. Podcast. Episode 31. Episode My name is Rye. Rye. That is Logan. Logan. And tonight we have our special guest, yes. Scott, Scott Bayo. <laughs> Traffic on the five is locked up bumper to bumper. Hey, no. Rye, it's me. I'm on the five. It's so bad. Did you just turn my volume down? <laughs> I feel like you immediately went to turn my volume down. Um, I have many questions for Scott Bayo. I'm going to mess up and call him Scott Bayo when he comes on the podcast because we've been saying that. Hey, Scott. Uh, I mean, Bayo. I mean, Brian. So if you guys are on uh, Facebook, we have, you know, you're messing me up. Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> so Brian Scotto. Um, he's the first guest that we've had on the podcast that is taller than me, but he is many, the- in more ways than in. This is a penis joke, if you're wondering. Yeah, when he's laying down, pitching a tent. Um, Whoa! What? Ew, bro. A family show, dude. I've been following him. He's big into camping. Okay, good. All right. He's got the... I think it'd be uh, fun to crawl inside of his tent. He's got. He's into like overlanding and stuff like that now. It's not all just... It's not all burnouts and drifting with these guys. The only burnout on this show is you, dad pun. I don't have my... I don't I have can't. my thing to keep it maybe going we, here. <laughs> maybe we abstain from... I don't want to abstain from dad puns. I enjoy them too much. The other I'm, thing we have is we have to crown the winner of the turbocharger. Um, 
should we we probably shouldn't force Brian into endorsing anything that we didn't research. Oh no, well. no, I know that. I'm not saying we'd force him to endorse it. Force him t- to endorse it. That's a good tagline. Force him to endorse him. Uh, yeah, so Brian Scott will be joining us in about 20 minutes or so. Um, he's the brains of the operation behind everything at Hoonigan. I've already said that. I feel like I'm on repeat. But if you ever wondered um, how all those sick shots and all the crazy viral uh, Gymkhana videos come about and who, if you ever go, man, I wish I would have thought of that or who the hell thinks of this stuff, you're going to find out tonight and you're going to find out the thought process behind it. Um, we got some questions for him and uh, he's just going to find, we're going to get deep inside. All the way up inside his guts. All the way up inside six foot. I think he's six seven. All I'd six, climb him like a redwood, dude. All 79 inches of Brian Scotto, and we're going to be all in there. Do you think if he made a t-shirt that had the rock crawler grabbers on it, he'd let me climb him? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to cover him in the soft part of the Velcro and cover me in the in the not soft part of the Velcro and just get a run and start and see how high I could get. You are much more abrasive. Than he is, so that it's a it's a good call on which Velcro you should put on. It's it's pretty interesting that you know how abrasive this man is. Yeah, we've met a couple times. That's an interesting way to talk about a public bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was so here's the deal. I have been racking my brain over what to ask this guy because he is a fixture in the community. And in my opinion, he is a role model for people like you and I and like what you can do if you actually try, which I don't think is going to happen for us. But, you know, at least we're honest with ourselves. Absolutely. And um, I was in the shower washing my bits, which didn't take long. And I I came up with the conclusion. I don't I don't I think the best case scenario here is we just wing it. You know, I know you have like this outline and stuff, but I'm just going to. I'm going to make you feel terrible and just, I mean, I got some questions. I just want to, I don't want to, I mean, I got some questions. What's next with Howard's wins the next coming? Is it pronounced Huna Jan? What does Hoonigan mean? Can I go as Huna Jan Brady (laughs) for Halloween? I mean, we can get out some of the stuff. I know the guy's background. So if you guys don't know who he is, he's the creative director. uh, I believe that's his title still of Hoonigan. Um, So the, He's literally really the guy. a mass appeal, though. Mass appeal, I'm more interested in than Hoonigan. Yeah. So his background is print media and like magazines and stuff like that. He also was the person who launched and created a magazine um, called Donk Box and Bubble. So it's not all just Gymkhana and racing. And um, can you repeat that? Donk what and who? Donk Box and Bubble. Now, time out. Does that not look like one of the categories on the left hand side of the screen on some of those illicit websites that you visit? <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm a big in a dunk box and bubble is my favorite subcategory on the hub. Is that not? Yeah. Is that not what that is? Yeah, that's pretty close. This is a family show, Rye. Please keep your opinions to yourself about mind me to do my weekly box bubbles. Clear my browser history once a week. Um, (laughs) Once a day. But he also, you know, he's, it's not just, he's with with Hoonigan as a whole. You and I talked about this, like the brand of Hoonigan. um, It's not, they're not a shop. They're not like specific for drifting or off-road or anything. It's just like an automotive lifestyle brand. And I, it was kind of cool to sit around and watch um, Hoonigan come up. I kind of like, they came on my radar when the first Jim Gymkhana video came out. I'm like, what is Hoonigan? Because it was all over this Subaru that's doing these insane uh, automotive acrobatics, if you will. And it's still one of my first, my, the first Gymkhana video is probably still one of my favorites just because it's, 
so plain, simple, and just it's raw. And I love watching that movie. When that came out, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, who thought of this? Why isn't everybody doing this? I can't tell you how many times I've like watched the video or called people in, like, hey, come here, you got to see this. To, to yeah. me, that was, I think, one of the first real viral automotive videos when virality in video world and on the internet was kind of first becoming a thing and how to like, Hey, you can be somewhat famous doing this uh, and eventually get to the point where you can make money doing this, which is what they've kind of carved out for themselves and figured out. So it's been really interesting to sit back and watch um, them grow as a brand from what was basically like, Hey, we like just going out shredding and partying and cars related. How can we turn this into this, giant media outlet machine that it has become because when yeah. you th- when you think about and maybe i'm getting a little head i'm on a kind of yeah, you, you pretty this. much you're pretty much just like if i was a hot air balloon <laughs> you'd be a pellet gun is what you are as i had a lot of good what? questions you kind of answered all of them just now so well thanks. i mean this is i'm not trying to put words in the man's mouth hey here. brian what's your favorite dish soap that's I'm what trying, i got left thanks i'm trying to put my tongue in the man's mouth you know what i'm saying oh dude if he <laughs> I wonder how many people are logging in right now looking for Brian and like logging back out. He's off. logging right back out. We should just do this, dude. Every week we just put it like week. another celebrity up here. Next week, I'm guys, a... we have Dale Earnhardt Jr. gonna be on the podcast. Ooh. I thought you were gonna go a different direction with that. I'm glad you you said junior. Who I, I want to see how high we can set the bar. How high the movie Brian Scott has no reason to give us the time of day. Neither did Mike Finnegan. No, Mike Finnegan. Matter. I think Mike Finnegan, I'd like to bromance with the Finnegan dude. Me yeah. and Mike, uh, I like him. I like the cut of his jib a lot. Um, he's a very, he's a very cute man. If you guys I mean are, that in an adorable sense. If you guys are listening, who can you think of, like, throw out an automotive? I don't, I don't want to say influencer, an automotive personality that you would like to see on here. Supercar Blondie. No, <laughs> the whole page just shuts down. No. <laughs> Why are they picketing outside our shop, dude? I don't know. If we did that, I would like just right click make host and then log off and just see how long. <laughs> She's just sitting there like, check this out, everybody. Look, it's a oh. is she British? She's British, right? Yeah. That's a terrible British accent, but I'll roll with it. Blimey. Blimey. Um, Slip your chimney all wheel, all wheel. <laughs> um, we call we call fries chips. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Jim Jimmery, Jim Jim. Why is my English accent so like abrasively angry? It Stevie sounds fast. Like... That would be a good one. No, Stevie we'd fast. have to get a. Do the cameras go that? We'd have to get like a. The cameras go that fast. Yeah, right. No, I was gonna say low because he's four foot tall. We'd have to like. Yeah, right. But he'd be I... a good one. He likes to talk. Really, I'm just. I like... was unaware. I would never have Donald Long on the show ever. That guy sucks, and I'll say it. After he went after those police officers at that one event, oh yeah, I just much. lost all respect for him. He's an idiot. Oh, Dude, these stupid mother cops. Blah blah blah. Zach from Hooning going to be cool. That dude's attractive. Um, my buddy Scott Peck. He had him on. He had Zach on his podcast. Oh, okay, well, Scott, I like talk. Scott more than I like you now. And blocked. That's a. I'd be setting the bar pretty high. That's what I'm saying. I want to like shoot for the moon, but within reason. Maybe not like halfway to the moon. You think we could get my dad on the show, or he probably wouldn't come? I don't think he knows how to use the he internet. Does. <laughs> he does. He'd be like, am I doing it? He'd be in the bathtub just washing his whatever. Pat Musi would be Jay Baszler. Pat Musi would be, I, I think he, I don't, I would love to talk to Pat Musi, but I don't know. 
that that would be the yeah he's getting up there in age hey pat if you ever if you ever have a chance like this is how i think an interview with pat Musi would be a lot like talking to john force dude i you read my mind because i have an inside track on on something with that that i probably shouldn't divulge on live <laughs> but do your best impression of him uh, you be john force and i'll be the interviewer okay you tell me how he's gonna react okay you ready yep so john how are you doing today I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm just happy to happy to be above the above the earth, and uh, you know we're just out here in uh, where 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 are we in, uh, in uh, North North Carolina, and just I'm real happy with the the Castrol GTX Mustang. Must okay, okay. Did real good. And, All he um, knows to do is say uh, I'm trying to find Ashley. Anybody see Ashley? Call my daughter, Ashley. So, uh, what, was, uh, what was your question? What is this? What is I this? Can't. What are we on? Is this? Fox Sports. Okay. Right. Where's, where's Brian? You made your point for the love of God, Rye. <laughs> if you want to hear hey. an amazing interview, the Dale Earnhardt Jr. has. Oh, uh, hold on, let me just get. Let me just cleanse from that fake. I'll never what? interview him because I I will have PTSD from that impression, which I feel would be pretty accurate. You have to listen to. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. has a podcast. It's mostly about NASCAR, but I heard through multiple other podcasts that this is a good one to listen to. The Dale Jr. download, and he had john force on there and it was gold pure gold listening to that guy talk he's just a he's a space cadet and it's do amazing. you remember when i forced him to take a video with me <laughs> yeah. all right everybody say uh logan Terry clowns out podcast on youtube he goes now that you got your plug in you want to take you want an autograph and i was like no i'm good and just walked away from it <laughs> He was so upset. He's like, all right, you got that plug in. You ready for an autograph? No. Yeah, he was no very thanks. confused. But hey, good looking fa face and stuff, bud. Oh. You're doing real good. It's amazing oh. that that man still pilot whatever umpteen thousand horsepower down the track. I don't even know what he's... I, don't, I, I would talk a bunch of crap, but here's the deal. I, I would never want to be in that position. That'd be terrifying. I would soil my panties. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, dude. Some the guys from here. the old podcast power and speed that was a podcast uh i used to listen to that podcast um when i was on my last appointment when i found them um and listen to that in their entirety it was a decent podcast they had some good guests in the industry on there uh i would actually like that one to come back um i got itchy face itchy i shouldn't face. have i really did quaff for this I really got ready. I, I left work uh, 42 minutes early. <laughs> I told Hal, the owner of Dynasty, that if um, if our YouTube takes off, that um, the next series I do is going to be me. This is trying to get the it. reason. Yeah. Well, the, him. it's going to be a whole series on how to get him to fire me. So right. I'm just going to I'm going to just ruin stuff every day until he fires me. And then I'm just going to keep coming into work. <laughs> what is it? You called me the other day and I love the idea. You should get a job at Dairy Queen. Oh, he just <laughs> so Logan calls the other day. He's like, "Hey, how long has it been since you've been to Dairy Queen?" I'm like, "I don't know, a couple months." I have kids, so of course, like we take them there. And so, if you know when you order a frosty or not a frosty, no, a frosty. Uh, a blizzard, Frosty's Wendy's. My bad. When you order a blizzard at Dairy Queen, they stick it out the window, they turn it upside down to show you how thick it is, and they turn it back and they just hand it to you, right? Yeah. Logan had the genius idea that I should get a job at Dairy Queen. 
and do that with everything that people order. <laughs> here's your cheeseburger. Yeah, here's your chili cheese fries. <laughs> oh, wow. man, my lap. What the hell? <laughs> Large Diet Coke. Gotcha. Ooh, if I, if I don't go. do it, I, it comes out of my paycheck. I got to do it. <laughs> Clemp, get back here. What the I hell is that, idea. man? I think it'd what be do you great. mean? Just, I'm not supposed to pour this soda pop in their lap? What do you say? He's like, you only do that with blizzards. Oh, we're using fake names oh. now. Yeah, well, my name's okay. Snake <laughs> Blizzard. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> or get a job as a Walmart greeter and just say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Good day. Oh, someone in the comments said it too. What's Walmart it? greeter. Walmart greeter. I think hey, that's, uh, the, that's uh, like the Ryan, go-to. You, you got to stop cussing out everyone that walks in the door. Fuck them. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right let's uh, fuck him, that's why he's gonna get fired the first day yeah i think i could make it i told you about when i got uh i got i worked at lowe's and i just hollowed out the section of shelves that was awesome <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i straight slept in the tile aisle at lowe's for two weeks they do two weeks of computer training what? two weeks to learn how to sell flooring so like week one, I'm like, I'm like making $10 an hour, which in, at the time was like, I'm making money. And I sat in his computer room for two weeks doing training and anyone else that's worked at Lowe's can verify. And then after the two weeks was up, they put me in the tile area and I just had to band up tile. And I was like, this is terrible. So I just hollowed out an area of the tile <laughs> aisle and I set up camp and I would walk, I'd get it to work. I'd clock in and I just immediately go sleep. And I woke up two weeks later when they found me and I just walked out got in my vehicle and I left. I was like, I guess that's the end of my job at Lowe's. It's, it's on my bucket list to get fired from a job. I've never done it. Like I left straight from high school and joined the Marine Corps. Now this is the first time. I'll tell I you about the time I got fired from the plumbing place. Did I talk about that live already? No, no, I didn't. I don't think so. Oh my God. Okay. Hopefully I get this done before Scott Bayo gets here. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm charge <laughs> I was 18 or 19 years old. And I, I was working for a place, I can't say the name, it was a plumbing company, and they delivered plumbing parts to like um, job sites in the Chicagoland area. And my WS6 was in the body shop because I crashed it into a wall. I spilled a big gulp from 7-Eleven when I was turning into a service drive, and my clutch foot slipped, and it just I hopped right into the corner of that one. <laughs> so I was, I was, my dad had to pick me up from work, and my boss at the time, this dude, Ken, which I don't care, it's his first and real name. Ken uh, sent me on a run at the end of the day. My dad was already on his way to pick me up. So he sends me on this run and I'm, I had to drive out to Naperville from Elburn. And if you know where Naperville is and where Elburn is, you know, that's a pain in the ass drive, especially during rush hour. So I was pissed and I had to call my dad on my Nokia brick phone with snake as a game. I called my pops. I'm like, Hey pops, my, and he's like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. My dickhead asshole piece of shit boss that I fucking hate. I hope he dies so badly i hated him i hate his face piece of shit told me i have to go on another run and i need you to pick me up later instead my dad's like okay no problem see you later hangs up on cool and then i have a mild heart attack because i realize oh my god i didn't just call my dad <laughs> i just called ken and ken answered the phone and just went along with it was like yep uh-huh okay we'll exactly see you in a bit I would do too. and <laughs> I panicked and I was like, there's no way that just happened. So I called him back and I'm like, ha, ha, hey, hey, Ken. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it was just a joke. It was just, it was a joke. It was just a joke. Hey, my name's Ashton. And, You're punked. And, and then he offered to give me a ride home that day, which I shouldn't have taken because I thought he was going to stab me. 
he he's on his way home and because we live right across from each other and he's like so logan you 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 know that this is uh this you're done right like you realize that you're not working here anymore <laughs> i'm like yeah i figured that was gonna happen so fired me over it and that was i got fired from plumbing place for that <laughs> you're welcome for that story everybody it was thank a very good for, one thank you for bringing up old shit that's a plumbing joke oh <laughs> <dead> joke <laughs> level ten thousand. <laughs> Get it, get it, get it, yeah. joke, 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 joke. Take that, take that, take that. That's the biggie. Um, I had something. Oh, hey. Uh, okay. Oh God. Okay. Well, did you come up with something, or was yes. that just an excited no, screen? I want your take on this. I've seen a little bit of banter back and forth. Um, the thaw out. No prep race just went down this last weekend. Uh, yeah, I like to shave W's off my tires. Nah. Yeah, that's a bit shady. Was that this race? No, I think it was a street race maybe afterwards. I'm not sure. I saw that. <laughs> I love that. Um, All these people crying like, what did you think? It's a street. It's a grudge race, you idiots. Yeah. What did you think? People were going to play fair? <laughs> what about four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive? So did you see what won the big tire class? Was it all-wheel drive car? It was a four-wheel drive diesel truck. Oh, shit. But it was basically, I don't know what size the tires were, but now people are like, they're shook about it a little bit, about letting all-wheel drive so if I have a car, say 28105 tire, not a W, legit 10.5 on four tires. Say I build regular cab, all-wheel drive truck. Like that ladybug truck. Yeah. And I enter a no-prep race. Do you put it in small tire with everybody else or do you put it in big tire? Small tire. Small tire. That's what the internet is ablaze with. My here's thing, a, was, here's the thing I think... You go ahead. I think if you... Can only I guess the rules should just say you can only have two twenty eight ten five. You can run all wheel drive, but put a hard tire on the front. That's actually a really really figure good out option. the fucking tire sizes. You want to run four twenty eight ten fives. Well, now you have forty four in big forty two inches of tread contact that's powering and propelling it. Guess what? You're in big tire. I think the only way they should allow them to run small tire. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> go back in my statement. You have to run four and a half inch wide wheels in the front. Yeah. I want to see pizza cutters just go up and smoke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What's the class you're going to start? X185. Yeah. X, <laughs> X55. Yeah, you what? put the skinnies on the back on a rear wheel drive car. Yeah. The, the we got to do front. that. You think Scott Bale will sponsor that? What if when we showed up, when you and I finally square off, that's how we pull up to the line with our car? Fist tires? fight? I don't want no, to. No, no, no. Oh, on the track. Okay. <laughs> I'm a gun guy now. I don't fist fight. I just <laughs> grab my piece. I grab my. Is that what they call? Is that what gun people call their gun? I gotta grab my piece. Zach said, or Tyler. I'm sorry. Uh, if you add up the contact patch of four small tires, is still less than two big tires. Well, I mean that may be so, but looking at now, this is the thing. The big tire class at that race was not that scary looking. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you a quick question. Did you send Brian Scott of the login information? <laughs> yes, I did. I just want to clarify because I feel like we could go on. I know he's going to be on around six, but I always imagine like, oh, I probably should have no, said that. No, I did. Um, I did. I'll send God, it to ew. his. I sent it to his email to the lovely lady. Shout out to. You got a um, cell phone number? Should we just post it up? <laughs> hey, Brian, we got a lot of people that want to ask you some questions. Hey. <laughs> I keep getting calls for I'm selling up. I'm trading up full-size trailer for some chickens someone put a craigslist ad up in my name Wow! Oh, have you ever done it like a fake ad for somebody like as a prank no no i've done it to you oh yeah wait with what nothing 
<laughs> I so we were in North Carolina. Me and this guy I used to work with having a prank war back and forth. And uh, I put an I called the newspapers like I'd like to pick out an ad. And uh, they're like, okay, what, what is it? And I was like, uh, well, um, I'm doing this for a friend of mine. She's going through a divorce. I have four tickets, oh, to, a, four tickets to a NASCAR race in Charlotte. So I wanted to say pending divorce, four tickets to NASCAR race in Charlotte coming up this weekend, free, first come, first serve. And she goes, oh, congratulations. Because you're putting it in the paper for free, there's no charge. So I didn't even have to pay anything. I just made a Oh, phone my call. God, you're a dick. Gave him his number. He had to go get his number changed. Kyle then, Weber. Kyle Weber just said he did it to me, and I don't remember. Did I do that to you, Kyle? I was a dickhead back it, in the day. It did so. backfire because he finally started picking up the phone and then giving them my address. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Yes, that's a good call. I would do that to you, but you have a family, and I would feel bad for them. Oh, I'd not for you, but for yeah. the family. Can you hear my fan in the background? You're good. Okay, good. Because I feel great. I think like I just heard something slam outside. Can you hear everything that's going on? I think maybe Scott Brino is at your house. <laughs> so <clears throat> here's the thing about being a gun guy now, um, and this is something I'll bring this up is if we have a little bit of time before Mr. Bayo comes on. Um, clapped tactical was a picture i posted the other day <laughs> which has been has been rye and i have been going back and forth joking about claptical clap tactical so, <laughs> and clap, claptical sounds too much like clavicle yeah clapticals sounds like a, a very interesting picture i can make with testicles involved so i kind of <laughs> dig it yeah like clapticals are hanging low today boy so um Clap tactical, claptical, whatever, whatever we end up finalizing the name as, it has been the brainchild of my commute home and and now being a, a gun guy and bouncing these ideas back and forth, Ryan and I. So it's here's the here's the vibe. I know everything about guns. I am a sharpshooter. I am the I am the most talented gun. What's what do you call someone that shoots guns? A gunny? Sharpshooter. Sh Am I? What is? I need to know. Mm. Can you tell me the lingo? So marksman. I'm a marksman. There you go. I'm a marksman first class. Actually, Camp uh, Towering Pines, fifth grade. I did achieve marksman first class with a bolt action twenty two <laughs> as twenty yards with a plastic bow and arrow with a suction oh, cup. Oh, come on, man! I give you some credit. Camp Towering Pines in Eagle River, Wisconsin, fifth grade. They handed me a twenty two bolt action rifle. They said, "This man is a killer." They set me loose on the range. Also, I was really fat, and they only, I liked it because I had I just had to lay around and shoot a gun instead of like ride a horse, which I rode a horse named Chili that bucked me immediately and sent me sailing. I don't deal with horses very well. Um, so anyway, claptical, clap tactical, whatever it, whatever it ends up being is going to be a, an offshoot of our cervix. And it's well, we kind of want to like what we talked about was kind of make fun of a little lighthearted about i vote this is what i want to do i'm not making fun the, of anybody the guys all... that no these guys that wear if you're dressing like tire. uh an operator or like some some mercenary that is fresh out of you know fallujah or something and <laughs> you've never done anything uh, so you never let's, let's let's just call it what it is if yes. you were in this service you, if you let me say the that, line of stolen valor yes that's, that's great i guess i'm not saying you've actually claiming your service but like the, if you've ever uttered the phrase 
I would have joined or I was going to join, but, but like, just stop. Yeah. If you I ever have, say I would have joined, but you want to tune out of our channel. Because yeah. <laughs> we're going to make you feel like such yeah. a piece of shit. The, I love my shirt idea. I don't even want to no, say no, that because no, I'm afraid no, someone's going to steal so it. It's so good. It's so good. So good. we're taking aim at the grunt style style, like dudes that wear this stuff to extremes. Yeah. The guys that will. Oh, man, it's going to be. So yes. Tactic, sad... Matthew Wickham, tactic cool. That's the perfect description of those people. They think they're tactic cool. Oh, my God. That is a great. I've, I've heard word. that. Before, and that is spot on those people. Yeah. I hate people that just like. And it could even be to try to show off how they're into guns <laughs> and stuff. It's just like dumb because honestly, like for me personally, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I can do this really quickly now. So I'm pretty much <laughs> the most seasoned veteran there's ever been. That's never been a veteran. Like also, if you are, could you tell me how to put this back together? Yeah. After we off the show, make sure me. put the Dad, help. put the magazine far away from it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm such an idiot. But tactical guys are gonna get the business. Them be really excited for that. Yeah, Luis. I, I'm. If it makes them happy, great. But this is what makes me happy. Luis, so. come on, man. It's not just bullying good fun. anybody here. Yeah, he's yeah. okay. He's he's in the he's in the military <laughs> too, and he's a super good dude. And he's, but he's not tactical. So we should just make fun of him. Yeah, that's it. Crosshairs on you, Sanchez. Yeah, he's your name. Your name's about to be on a shirt. Just no, <laughs> no, I can't do it to him. I like him too much. Um, but yeah, that. Uh, I paid 600 for this gun. I'm putting you on a t-shirt, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so God. So God. Um, but yeah, the the our crosshairs are going to be aimed at, at that. I went to a store the other day. Shut your face. Shut your face. Here he comes. Who? Scott Bale. Why? Brian Scotto. Ladies and gentlemen. You Brian. did. I know. I did. did you, that's the intro? That's the whole thing? Yeah. Very uh, the man himself. Mr. There Brian Scotto. Of Hoonigan. How are you doing, sir? Can oh, you no. hear us? He's connecting. What's up, Brian? How are What's you up, man? How are you doing? Brian, this is Logan. Logan, Hello, this Brian. is Brian. Logan, how are you doing? Good, good. It's great to make your acquaintance, sir. Your backdrop looks like my uh, 10-year-old me uh, wall is, poster in exactly my bedroom. exactly what that is. <laughs> is the, I went and like found the photo that was you know, the poster on my yes. wall as a kid. I remember going to Walmart as a kid and fondly just looking like the poster section at the end of the arts and crafts while my mom was picking up whatever. Yeah, I had this and it said Lamborghini underneath in like this like straighted lines. Like I remember it I perfectly what it was. And yeah, it, if you read enough books at school, at elementary school, you got to pick one eventually. Did you guys yeah, like the, the bookmobile? Yeah, <laughs> oh, like a, yeah. like highlights, you know, the highlights you yes. know, magazine. You can also get a poster. Or yeah, and we had the Scholastic 30. Book Fair. The Scholastic, that's what it was. That's what it came to town, yeah. and every kid, it was like crack. They couldn't stay away from it. You know what? I didn't. They still have it because my daughter is in kindergarten, and she came home with a uh, a coupon for one free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. And I was like, holy shit, they still <laughs> make these. So I was uh, so excited. Yeah, I remember that. I was always the kid who like would forget to bring it home. So I wouldn't like get any of it filled out. And then it'd be like the day it was due. And like, we were like, you know, I was always the one who never had it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Brian, this looks so oddly like your signature. Like yeah, you can, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So great, about. another copy of Moby Dick. Just what we want. <laughs> <laughs> I think I forged more on my driver's exam stuff because we had to get so many hours in driver's head. It was the same deal. Scholastic Book Fair got my forged signature, and so did. I, you had to have like an insane amount of hours to get your your learner's permit and your license. It was ridiculous. So I just signed it all off, and they gave it to me. It's really good parenting. Yeah, I, I remember in New York City getting our driver's license. In New York, you're not allowed to drive in New York City until you're 18. Like no matter if you have your, like your license or whatever at the time. <laughs> So, you know, you'd have to go drive, you'd have to go to Long Island to go drive unless you were with like a, you know, a professional driver's ed teacher and they had one that was part of my school and it would happen at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, no. And I remember we would, and they, it was like an old K car, you know, and it had the dual pedals and everything in it. And <laughs> it would just be this crazy experience because you'd be so tired. You'd be like falling asleep in the back of the car as somebody else was, you know, driving because we went out like in a group of whatever. But, you know, but at the same time, it's like 16 year old kids learning to drive in the middle of the city. So like it's guaranteed <laughs> for like an accident or like like I think like three times we got sideswiped. Like every the car looks so beaten and battered. It's mangled. It was- probably the most terrifying drive but you'd be so tired you'd be like falling asleep and then just wake up screaming because you know <laughs> someone was merging onto the van with expressway at seven miles an hour or something oh like my that. god wait dual pedal so instructor had pedals on your on their side too yeah they yep. had a brake pedal oh so they man could, they didn't have a steering wheel just the brake pedals so they, they still have brake it brake check you yeah yep. My oldest daughter, yeah. she just finished driver's ed, so everybody be on the lookout. And I'd ask her every day she come home, I'd be like, how many times did he stomp the pedal on you? She's like, look at the floor. She's like, how do you do It sounds like the makings of another series we need to do, right? Let's find an old driver's ed car and just ruin each other's days. We can take turns as passenger. <laughs> That's how you should do the podcast. Is yes. like you do oh, yeah. <laughs> in the car right and yeah. that's how you do the interview is but we yeah we had the idea oh that's what we do yeah we cars and coffee whoever we're interviewing has the steering wheel and then we just modulate the gas and the brake yeah we did a they thing like be. that with uh with ryan turk and i want to say chris forsberg back in the day uh it was a project that they did for the turk show which was opposite controls and it was exactly that one of them had oh, the remember that. and then the other one had the the clutch brake and throttle well, i'm thinking opposite controls were you guys flipped was it a jeep where the left oh, was we did that too that was scary. steering so they and took as it as much as you tell yourself scary. not to turn that yeah. way you do i i almost flipped it and then sarah <laughs> price went and flipped it like i got it on the two wheels and brad was in the car with me and he was just screaming in the car and i was like oh my god we're gonna flip <laughs> but when uh sarah price got it she just put it right on its roof so, so oh my god what what drives all these insane ideas that you guys have like with with all these various series you guys are constantly coming up with something fresh all the time uh and where do you do I your guess, best thinking about this yeah like do you have a, some people in the shower in the morning do you have a box it's just like how can we kill ken today and you pull a piece of paper out of it like <laughs> i will tell you that uh the shower is actually always a good one. And I don't know why the shower is a good one for people. And I, I hear this from a lot of like different people, like musicians have said, I thought of some of my best songs in the shower. And I think it's cause like, it's one of the few times a day 
especially now that I have a kid that I realize like, this is like the one moment that's mine. Like going to the bathroom is no longer yours. Yeah. Like they can crawl in and do whatever they want. Like now it's like the <laughs> only moment you have is like when the water's running and you're in the shower and you can think, but you know, it's a lot of it's um, like a lot of our best ideas come out of like the most non like structured creative process. Like, you know, sometimes you'll have just done something and then either you're trying to one up it or someone's thinking of another idea or it's like the end of the day of work. And, you know, there's a few people sitting around outside and, and someone's like, Oh man, we should do this. And I would say almost all of them start with it like a joke yeah. where you're like, yo, you know, it would be funny. Ha <laughs> ha. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. It sounds like, like yo, but I think Zach might it. die. And you're like, well, that's yeah. cool. I mean, it'll be worth it for the views. And then yeah. just- I'm saying, <laughs> how do you think Zach feels when he walks in the next day and he's like, oh, they're fucking doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Zach's like, yeah, I'm into it. Whatever, man. We, we got we to gotta do it. We got to do it. So, I mean, the fact that Zach's spine is still together is always impressive to me. So, but yeah, but um, no, I, you know, I think for us, like on the creative side, um, you know, there's some of us who think about it all the time. Like I'm one of them, right? Like I, I'm just constantly thinking of like, how do we one up this and whether it's on a small scale of a day-to-day kind of stuff on YouTube to a larger scale of like, okay, what are we going to do with Travis Pastrana this year? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like really kind of think through that and, and, and think about different inspiration. But I hate to say it, like some of our best ideas just come when you least expect it. Um, I and a lot of it comes out of that burstiness of like the group hanging out and like eating lunch on a different shoot for something else. So we'll be sitting there, you know, like, you know, hanging out on this versus that set. And then an idea for a completely different concept will come out of it because you're just kind of like in a different space. I think like the, like what you got going on right now with this versus that, it's such a simple concept and it Mm -hmm. works. So I love, I get excited when I see a new one up. I'm like, this is dope. And I got to say the most recent one with the Cutlass was. Oh yeah, that car is, that car is. I think it's awesome. Brian's Cutlass is just, I mean, essentially, like he's built so much of that car himself. He taught himself how to lay carbon fiber to make that car. And it's quite the sleeper. Like you look at it, it's just a G body on some welds. Like it, you know, it looks like every car that you've seen for the past 25 years, you know, it's, it's not yep. that crazy, but then you watch it go and it's, it's a whole other thing, but it's, it's funny. Cause like with this versus that thing, like, you know, you, you are from drag racing, right? Like you, like yeah. you guys love drag racing. That's your, that's your shtick. I spent a small little period of time between like the ages of like 22 and 23 going to the drag strip when we were racing front wheel drive Volkswagens and we had like the fastest uh, VW. But at the time, you know, even then, like it wasn't my passion. I always was more into rally racing and all this other stuff. And when we set out to do this versus that, we almost wanted it to be kind of like the anti-drag racing drag racing show and it was like let's just simplify it as much as possible let's take a lot of stuff from kind of like the street racing days and or like let's take that show pinks and try to make it good you know it's like that was cool right (laughs) that was was like kind of the idea of like like we wanted it to bring that dude back for that but it's funny because we'll get yeah. people from the drag race community who get super mad, like, oh, why didn't you guys do this? Yeah. We're like, because we're just trying to keep it fun and I trying think- to keep it simple and trying to keep it, you know, inclusive. Like, I-, I wanted to make it so that people didn't feel intimidated to come on the show because, yeah. like, the world of yeah. no prep and radials, like, it's gotten real serious. And it's like, 
I want yeah. people to, like they can come on the show and be like, hey, I've never launched my car before. And we're like, ah, don't worry, we'll figure it out. You know? I think a lot of the well, and get- even on the subject of seriousness too, when you talk about how you just mentioned this and this hits home, how serious no prep and grudge and all this stuff is and drag racing in general. So um, working, I work at a performance shop during the day and there are so many kids in the ages of 16 fresh with a driver's license to 24 and anywhere in that range. And I think part of Hoonigan and, and all of your platforms that really works well is it takes the seriousness down a level and allows every walk of life in motorsports to truly enjoy it and, and connect with it rather than, Oh, I have to have a, like you watch street outlaws and all of a sudden you got to have to have a big tire twin turbo, big billet, big block and to have any fun. And it's, and I think that resonates with so many more people than, than the opposite of that. I like taking the seriousness out of it because it's just more fun. We have a saying inside of Hoonigan, which is, yo, 13 seconds is still a fast car. Because <laughs> when we were kids, a 13 second car was kind of quick. I mean, I'm 41 now. I remember when the XRT4 like neon yeah. came out and that thing ran like a 13.9, you know, mm-hmm. huge. And it was, it was incredible how fast that was. And it's like now, like if you're not in the single digits, people don't think you're quick. Yeah. Right. Like there was an era that was wild. Oh, the bug eye WRX, the Evo eight, the SRT four. It was a huge era for like a 1350 and a stock Evo was like, he did what? Yeah. We had now the demon runs a nine. Right. And like, and it's like the starting point for people. I mean, it's crazy. We do some of these matchups and we're looking at what guys are running in the quarter. And it's like the number of cars, half of the, the grid like half the cars that are showing up to these event are sub 10 second cars yeah yeah. when i was a when i was younger and you know we'd go out to like francis lewis boulevard and there'd be street races you know the big story be like yo dude there's a nine second car and they're pulling it (laughs) off the trailer and i think this is an urban legend that existed for any place in america absolutely yes nine second car it's on wrinkles they're pulling up in the trailer they're gonna race it tonight (laughs) And it's like now nine second cars like sit in traffic. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. different time. <laughs> we we talked about this uh, on the podcast actually was last last week. Like, I was questioning: Am I numb to this? Because we're sitting here and I'm, I'm knocking on the doors of seven seconds with a car that has tags insurance on the thing. Have I become so numb to this, or has the sport progressed that far? And that was kind of like the conversation that we had. Like, is it just that I've stuck with it so long, or is collectively car culture drag racing specifically as a whole shifted that far where it's you can order by like bolt-on parts like a recipe build four-digit horsepower and be able to drive it every day and it's what a time to be alive like and we said the same thing when the srt4 neon came out like it's not going to get any better than this and now look (laughs) at us like (laughs) no it's wild i mean the fact that a thousand horsepower is like the new you know it's 500 like yeah, yeah. four digits is the new number where 500 horsepower is still a lot of power in a lightweight mm-hmm. car. Like that's still a yeah. lot of power, but it's so easy to get numb to that. You know, yeah. it's so yep. easy to, unless you, you know, got 500 yeah, horsepower in a 91 car. civic, that's a different story. You know, you or a 91 civic sedan with 500 horse all wheel drive is probably the, the epitome of race car. 95 golf would yeah. be a good one too. Real yeah, drive. Yeah. That was the, what I grew up with. I mean, I remember the guys I used to roll with in New York, which is a crew called CNM Performance, and they had a they had a Volkswagen Jetta that made 900 horsepower, it was a VR turbo, and it ran like a 9.6, I think. 
at 190 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, it had a wheelie bar to keep the front wheels on the ground, you know, yeah. like just because it would, it would have so much squat. Yeah. You know, yeah, now they're putting like the stiffest springs they pot. Watching a sport front wheel drive car race nowadays is comically impressive. It's uh-huh. insane how fast they've gotten. Like seven second civics are nothing nowadays. And I remember yeah. Stephanie Agum back in the day. Um, she had, I'm from the Chicagoland area originally, and Stephanie was a big name in her area. And she had that, it was a Civic SI. She actually, I think she passed away in like a skydiving accident, something like that. It was just wild. But she had a seven second Civic and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Now it's like these guys are doing it with block braces and a big, a big single and just going out and having fun. It's It's insane how far it's come. It's progressed so much, and I, 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 I do have this conversation a lot, and I think most of it can be attributed to just better engine management, right? Yeah. Like, just the world in which, you know, the standalone has gotten to. I mean, to the point that you don't even need standalone on a lot of stuff. I mean, the fact that, you know, the GM computer lets you open it up and do so much, and there's so much that's out there. But yeah, that seems to be the biggest gap is, like, you can monitor things, run way more power, and then, you know... Let's say, let's be honest, E85 had a lot to do with it too, right? Lower the detonation yes. and, you know, run it on the corn syrup and the thing will go. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, but it is, it's incredible. And like, I, I always, I, I'm starting to be that old guy who's like, you don't, you don't know when we were kids and we had carburetors and we had to drive them uphill in the snow, bolt the right, whatever the line is. But like, I start to feel like that because I'm like, you know, kids are talking about like, you know, they're, it's their second car build and they want 800 horsepower as a phase one build and you're like it's crazy wow so we had a we have kids that drop cars off too and this is what always gets me because the hater inside me is like you spoiled sob but then like the kid that wishes he was that kid is like you lucky sob yeah of course well we they kids drop like we had a kid and he's got to be no older than 17 and um we do a bunch of like gtrs and z's and stuff and he drops off and uh a brand new like a 2020 nismo 370z and forty thousand dollars worth of parts and he's 17 years old and i'm like man what in the hell like what is the like i had a 98 civic hatchback with a yep. gsr swap like that was the that life was a good, that was a good setup too i mean that was yeah, that was pretty good I had, a, had a June flywheel, so that's whatever. I had a 95 Golf four-door with a VR6 swap, and, you know, I had, like, cams, and I thought I was king of the neighborhood. So. <laughs> yes, yes. And basically, anything that you could do internal to a motor made you king shit of Turd oh, Island yeah. in automotive. Like, when – I that thing was, like, the, the card-carrying member of a five-liter Mustang with gears, Flowmasters, cold air intake header. Everything I could do without pulling valve covers off the car, I did. Mm-hmm. And then I got my ass handed to me by like cam only LS cars. And I was like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't fun. Yeah. And that's, that's when I, it just took I, off from there. I feel I, like you, you know, I feel like Ryan, you were one of the first people who I knew who was, who threw a LS into a, into a Mustang. Like <laughs> I know other people, ruined it. It, but it definitely was pissing people off. Yeah. And now it's like just ubiquitous. You just I have everything. Three yeah. of them here with me right now. This yeah, is, yeah. this is, it's, I work on, it's more rare for me to work on Fords with Ford motors in them. That's so. a relic right there though. That yeah. mod motor sitting there, you better not take that thing out. Yeah. This <laughs> one's 0304 Cobras were, I think we can all agree here. 
And 0304 Cobra was one of those iconic when it rolled up on you on the highway, you were like, oh, son of a bitch. Well, because also didn't you just need like a pulley and a few yeah. things and all of a yep. sudden you were like an extra 150 up or something. Yeah. Upper yeah. pulley intake and a tune and you could go I, 1180s, 1170s on a radial. And then if you port the blower, it's a 10 second car. And you're like, how can Ford, it, it seemed at the time, like, this is too much of a liability for people to sell this. You can buy 390 horsepower from the factory. Like, yeah. someone's going to kill themselves. It yeah. was like the 80s three-wheeler disaster right. all over yes. again. It's just like, and now you can buy a fucking demon. Yeah. But, so yeah. I love the memes that were going around where where they were like Dodge is gonna put a Hellcat in the Pacifica. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we joked about that. Like if we could be a fly on the wall in a Dodge boardroom, and it's like everybody else is like we're going all electric, and Dodge is like two sticks, motherfuckers. Guess what's next? <laughs> yeah. like, what else you can know, we I, fit this in? <laughs> I I've met Tim Kaniskis who who's running Dodge right now, and he's the reason for all of this because it's That's the way awesome. he thinks and. We were having a conversation and he's like, look, I know my cars. I know my audience. And I thought this was really, really kind of like smart. He's like, I don't care what my car does at the Nürburgring. He's like, I don't <laughs> care. He's like, but I do know that it's going to beat you from stoplight to stoplight. Yeah. Which is what everyone like, buys. Like, that's what for. Americans buy. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's really true. It's a, yeah. it's a good point. Like that's what they went after. And, you know, I mean, think about it when we were younger, other than the Viper, there wasn't really a lot of things coming out of the Dodge staple that you were like really, really wanting. I mean, the best yeah. cars were probably the DSM collection with Mitsubishi. Yeah. You know, I think want to make something fast. Even yes. the people, the same way like muscle cars are, I don't think Dodge really necessarily thinks, well, maybe they do like long-term marketing, like the demon marketing campaign was brilliant where they oh, did yeah. that, that the, all these little Easter eggs leading up to it. Um, I will, I will say I'm a little brothers, upset that the Stratus wasn't something you consider as super cool, Brian. So that's upsetting. <laughs> I was not, I was going to hold my the, tongue. That was the era when they were naming everything after clouds, which yeah. was, yeah. I wouldn't say it was the <laughs> toughest time in the, in the Dodge world. But the Sirius or the Cirrus. <laughs> they did they like five cars after clouds. So I was like, <laughs> who in the marketing department is like, you know what? This is how we're going to sell cars. We got this, man. We got this. But God. kids today that can't afford that, like if I was, if I was, 12 13 years old and i saw a dodge demon commercial on youtube or i saw um any of the dot like the regular dodge commercials like where they do with the dodge brothers and they mm -hmm. cg them into new cars those ads i'm like i'm buying that car as soon as i can afford one i'm a dodge fan yeah. and that's i was uh like my drink of choice when i was drinking used to be bud light and when i was a kid I was obsessed with the dog, Spuds McKenzie. Oh, of course. And I'm like, is that why I used to drink Bud Light? And, yeah. you know, who knows? But I think Those Dodge is really smart. They're making lifelong fans. Yeah. And they're doing yeah. it real young. It's like, yeah. they're like, they're the, ad campaigns. I would say it like the Joe Camel of automotive ad campaigns. I don't know who they were slaying it. Like, you watch these commercials and you're like, I need to go buy any Dodge I can get my. And I will say, so we see everything like a lot of late model domestic comes through SS, ZL1, ZL6, whatever. And the Dodge stuff that comes through has impressed me almost more than anything. It's just really the fit and finishes has come up so far in the last few years. It's insane. I think they've done a great job. Yeah, we've got a TRX to play with next week. Oh. And again, it's like, how do you beat a Raptor? I don't know. You like double the horsepower. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if it'll be a better car than the Raptor, but I guarantee you I'll, I'll smile more as we yeah, yeah. tear the tires off of it. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so, 
your your background um wasn't always necessarily automotive and i have i did a little deep dive on you i'm gonna nice. do a yes. quick quick screen share here he says it's like you didn't spend the last two weeks researching your blood type where you went to school <laughs> it took me a while to find uh this I hope, so, I, hope it's, I hope it's a photo of me wearing like really baggy pants or something. Like no, that. I was going to do that. but That one was too easy. Yeah, that's um, our next t-shirt drop. This is, you've, you've, you've had a story career. Uh, can you explain this picture? Can you see that? So, so this is Slim Thug, <laughs> Houston rapper, making me and my buddy Tony Harmer, who lived together at the time, uh, he's actually making us French toast in our house. <laughs> <laughs> as so that's our house like that's my that's my that was my old kitchen in astoria queens and we did uh i used to work for a magazine called mass appeal mm -hmm. and they had a section in there called oh, i can't even remember the name but it was all it was like cooking with celebrities was like yeah. the joke of it all <laughs> and a last minute someone was like, dude we don't have a place to shoot this can we shoot this at your house and i was like yeah sure cool no no problem whatever and uh, Slim Thug shows up in a Rolls Royce, parked it out front. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And in a Phantom. And, you know, and that was like when the Phantom just came out, like when Rolls Royces were kind of like back on the scene. Yeah. And uh, showed up at my house with all the ingredients. And he brought the ingredients. No. <laughs> yeah, he fucking yeah. did not. He yeah. showed up with all the ingredients. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, what, like in a grocery bag? I want to see. No, that's a show. A Slim gets, Thug grocery shopping. That's Dude. That's, dude. It what gets better it gets better because then then he forgot how to make them so he called <laughs> his mom no his mom like on speakerphone and was talking to his mom asking his mom like wait so i do what first oh my and god so, did he turn he, off the thug and just be slim and get like super yeah, yeah, proper no, it was it was such a great moment of slim thug and then then after that so at the time I don't know if you guys remember this, but slim I don't know what age your audience is. I might get a little X-rated, but there yeah, was a fine. there was a woman out by the name of Superhead. Yes. <laughs> so the Superhead video had just come out, which was Superhead versus uh, Mr. Malcolm, and yeah. uh, and it was basically like her and a porn star, and this porn star who thought like, yeah, yeah. you're not that good. Let's see what it's all about. And the yep. video had just leaked, and we were talking about it. And Slim was like, dude, I haven't seen that yet. So there, so me, Slim, Tony, and my friend Alphonse were all sitting on my couch watching porn with Slim Thug <laughs> eating French toast. I was like, this is just one of the weirdest moments. But we were watching porn for like per, like total research purposes. For critical analysis. Yeah, because it was like, you know, it was, <laughs> if, if hip-hop had a TMZ, this would have been the number one story in hip-hop. Yes, yeah. And, Slim Thug, yeah. not impressed by Superhead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. It was, and yeah, it'll be a forever moment. It's one of my favorite photos because it was just like a snapshot of Slim <laughs> then, Thug sitting, sitting in our living room. Just for the room. record, Rye brought this photo up like three weeks ago. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tell you like, something. I already know. We're going to get to the bottom of this Slim Thug oh, situation. One question. That's I'll all tell I you, if I had to think what photo you were going to bring up, I wouldn't. I had forgotten that photo existed. When it came up, I was like, oh, man, I Forgot about I took era. forever. I had to, my thumb hurt. I was scrolling so far down on the Instagram <laughs> to find it. Well, because, he was very excited about the photo. I, well, I was on. always into cars uh, since I was like younger and I ran like car clubs and stuff, but I did work in, in the hip hop industry from about 2003. 
and it overlapped while I was working at zero to 60 because I was still doing rides. So like until 2009, I was like heavily involved, um, you know, with magazines like Mass Appeal or Double XL or King Magazine, things like that. So I, I, I was very much a, a part of that space for, for a long time. It's, it's interesting because I'm now a decade removed from all of it. And I'll like mention things to people like, you know, you know, like, oh yeah, like this one time with Foxy Brown. They're like, wait, you know Foxy Brown? I was like, <laughs> I'm not trying to name drop. That was just yeah. what life was like in New York. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you knew all these people and it was just part of the, you know, it was part of every day and kind of thing like that. And sometimes some thug makes you French toast. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, if it's any consolation, Brian, you are going to be Rye and my Foxy Brown. And we'll be like, yeah, we were talking to Brian Scotto. You know him? No, we had him on the podcast. He's really adorable. If you're wondering, yeah. it's gonna be the. By the state. way, it was a really good French toast. Like <laughs> it was actually, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's so all that matters. From working in hip hop industry, they kind of, I assume, just the natural progression. Every rap video out there has cars, and is that kind of how you uh, worked your way into automotive? Even though you were a car kid at heart. Yeah. So. I quick story. I went to school for mechanical engineering because as every kind of gearhead who has an option to, they think, Oh, I'm going to become an engineer and I'm going to build and design cool parts for cars. And you eventually realize that, man, I, I might not be good enough this to actually ever build or design things. I'm just going to be someone else's like number monkey. And <laughs> I, I just realized that I wasn't as good at that, you know, as, as I wanted to be. And I, Took a little, I took a class in journalism. Next thing you know, I transferred my major to, to communications. I get out of school and I start working for a magazine called Mass Appeal, which was this like graffiti hip hop culture mag, but it had an automotive section in it. And no one else at the magazine even knew how to drive stick, let alone knew anything about cars. So when we started getting press cars, they're like, well, I, I don't know, this is stick. Do you want to drive it? And I was like an intern. And that led to me writing for more and more magazines in the New York kind of area, like Vibe magazine and Complex and all these other magazines that were that had automotive sections. Because like, think about it in the world of magazines in that era, the biggest advertisers were car ads. Yeah. yeah. So they had to have an automotive section in every magazine, whether it was GQ or Playboy, they all had their automotive section because it kept the advertiser happy and i was someone who knew hip-hop knew kind of you know the ability to kind of speak in the language of how the magazine you know worked and also new cars and for me it was it was a way to like climb the ladder way faster i by you know i I broke into (coughs) the industry around 23 and by 24 i was the editor-in-chief of rides magazine and you know i I wasn't that's such a young age to have that title that's amazing yeah, it was it was it was sort of crazy, and um, I feel like a shitbag about myself right now. <laughs> I don't trust me. I, uh, I I had no idea what I was doing. I I still suffer from imposter syndrome because you get something like that, and you're just like, I don't even belong here. I don't know how I'm supposed to like. <laughs> yeah. I'd go on these like press junkets with like journalists who I'd read in Car and Driver and Road and Track, and I'm like, I, I don't know. And, oh, hey guys, I, yeah, I belong yeah, here. And I was like, I got called out once by. Um, jg from uh from grassroots uh uh grassroots motorsport and um which is which was a book i loved when i was younger and he called me out because he got into a lotus after i was driving and it was on track at the at vir and i had the radio on (laughs) 
like this guy from rides magazine was just like listening to music the whole time and i was like yeah man i was just and the reality of it was was i turned it on on my cool down lap but still it was like it was kind of funny that he called me out for that that's awesome um but yeah i uh it wasn't my space in automotive like big rims on escalades at the time i was like european car kid and i just like volkswagens and audis and porsches and stuff but it was a job in new york city working with cars and that was very limited most of the magazine jobs around cars were either in detroit or in california so i jumped at it and uh it was a great opportunity and i would never change it because the people i worked with dayton thomas and um jermaine hall and dale henderson and all the guys who were at rides like taught me like just a whole different perspective in the world of like writing and the world of hip-hop and and all of that and uh you know, and then I was able to launch Zero to Sixty magazine at that company because Rides was doing well, and I was lucky to be on a book that was making money because that was the height of all that, right? I mean, that was like yeah. Pit My Ride era, yeah. like you know, Unique Whips, all these TV God, shows. As corny as it was, it was such a great time. Yeah, it was, like SEMA, there, you know, the the wheel hall was the biggest thing, and people were spending millions of dollars on their boots and you know, every single rap video was talking about wheels and it was just mm-hmm. this. So there was a lot of money in that space at the time. And that afforded me to be able to launch zero to 60, which was like a performance car magazine. And that really is what rolled into, you know, kind of my connection with Ken block. And then eventually leaving that to, you know, leaving the magazines behind to go start Hoonigan with Ken. Did so, you see awesome. the writing on the wall, uh, that print media was going to kind of go belly up and then that video, this is the new way to go. Cause you were kind of on the forefront of it, you know, like yeah, the first Jim Connor, you, you had look, your zero to 60 magazine was basically what put that on. Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the first Jim Connor, it says as seen in zero to 60 magazine. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Um, and it was a video component concept to a two page, article in a magazine and That's think crazy. about what Jim grew on to be and you know that magazine doesn't even exist anymore it's kind of the same story like there's there's a lot of and i guess i never really realized it until just now that it kind of parallels like the successes of roadkill and what they're doing over there where mm-hmm. roadkill was an offshoot of hot rod and yep. there's obviously two different paths two different target demographics if you will but uh the yeah. beast that it's turned into is it's insane to watch the growth I think I mean, creative writing in general, too, when you think about it, because it takes a lot to to be a creative writer or journalist in that sense that can draw somebody in, especially in today's day and age, to keep people's attention and then be able to translate on video and still reach that audience. I personally am pretty sad about the print media dying as it is and, and its slow kind of descent because growing up having your car in a magazine was like this is the move like this is this is all i want and i hate to see it go away i I, you guys all i can turn my background off but um in the background of my uh of my house where in my my, this is my home office you know covid we're not working in the building at the moment but um you know what's on the wall if you 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 know, oh, it's, it's a, my car on the cover of Eurotuner, right? Yeah. Like, this is still one of the coolest things yeah. ever for me. I mean, all I ever wanted was my car to be in a magazine, let alone being on the cover of it. And like, yeah. just like that's amazing. I don't know what that is today. I don't know if it's like, I mean, maybe it's getting your car on, you know, an episode of, you know, a daily transmission or in, uh, you know, 
here I'll, I'll change up cars um <laughs> or you know or something like you know petrolicious or you know on i think it is shows that are out there today, like, i you know but i was super not tangible out. in the same way right yeah it isn't you can't you don't have a physical result you can go and look at the views and get high off of that but it's not the same as like holding a hardback or like a printed because it's just a huge deal and and even working in a shop where you see features that you've built or cars you built be featured in mm. it's just a huge it's just a whole difference and to not i don't know if i feel like the boutique style and i'm hopeful that like niche magazines will make a comeback underground style like it'll start to grow and grow and grow and i don't know how long that'll take but i'll subscribe yeah, I think you have some. I mean, I think that there's you're seeing it in like the higher end market, like triple zero for Porsches and things like that, where they're they're coming out more with like annuals or there's a road rat is like another one. Um, we, we've been talking about doing a zine at Hoonigan. This is our 10 year anniversary. Oh, damn. Congrats. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, you know, that we've been doing this for for 10 years. I mean, ride. you were there for our second year uh party right you came out with kalis for that yeah at sema after grc yeah the all you can drink pbr (laughs) dude that was nine years ago man that was forever yeah and back then i never would have guessed that the company had grown into kind of you know what it has i mean obviously there was aspirations but that's what we're talking about right before you came on like how much of a monster hoonigan has become like you guys have done so much stuff and it's not just the gymkhana series but just the growth to see from a couple of uh, of dudes that are just like really into partying and going out and shredding with cars like and like you talked about before we are primarily logan and i are like our bread and butter is drag racing but we still appreciate everything on automotive culture but like except squatted trucks and how do you feel about squatted trucks brian you mean kyle style <laughs> yes. yeah Yes. Yeah, we named it Kyle Style a few years That's ago. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yes. So, you like the Kyle Style? Well, I know you're a huge hater on the Hawaiian style, like trucks. Well, we see it. I mean, Kyle Style <laughs> and Hawaiian Style to me seems like it's like the same thing. It, just, it is, kind of. Except yeah. I go to Hawaii and the I actually like the real Hawaiian style. Like I kind of dig that like, you know, old Toyota truck style. So I, 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 we had to name it something else and Kyle Style was the better fit. I mean, look... It, it, I, don't, you do don't, don't you do it don't you do everybody has don't this reaction mike no, finnegan was on here he did the same thing he's like respect all bills well, everybody should respect that, their bills. shit on somebody come on <laughs> you know i get this is just like me getting older but you know I, I was actually on a podcast the other day and i i brought up this thing that like when i was a volkswagen kid i had like the most closed minded like i would argue with you that a vr6 gti was a better car than a skyline yeah. like i would <laughs> i would argue that i just yes. would i would be like no you don't understand because yeah. i was so convinced that what i liked was the best thing ever and then i think my the time i spent in the donk community made me realize that car that that cars to some people that may seem like a joke they like if you peel back all the aesthetic part of it it's the same exact formula that the rest of us like, like, you know, there's a a performance package that you would, you know, you go to, but there's also an aesthetic thing. Like you like this style headlight and this style taillight and you don't mix these things. And this is fitment. And it's like all that stuff matters. I don't see it with the Kyle style trucks, but like, I don't know, man, like, yeah. Is it my steez? No. Um, I don't even like, 
I don't even like wheels bigger than 15 inches on trucks, like 15, maybe 17 on like a dirt, on like a desert truck. But like, that, that's not my style at all. I have an F100 or my wife has an F100 that like looks stock. Like that's kind of like just big chunky rubbers on it. That's what I like. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's I, I, I'm hoping that they'll. We're not going to get them to do it. Yeah, this is this is the most <laughs> PC answer yeah, that you could it's, think I'm of. I'm trying to be PC about it because as I've gotten older, I'm like I'm just quicker. To, I'm not as quick to shit on other people's things because that's fair. I don't know, man. There's someone probably listening to this today who's like, oh, you know, I I love those guys, and then we're like, yeah, your Kyle style truck, which like we do shit on people's stuff. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we named it Kyle style because yeah. it's like, but you know, but Kyle's got to live too, you know, like <laughs> people got to shotgun monsters and you know and do that kind of stuff. So and they got trucks they got to drive. So I wonder what may, your exposure they may be. Have rubber bands for tires, and uh, you know, and they may have Bluetooth drive axles, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Fair so, enough. I feel like I'm never going to be able to call it anything but Kyle style for the rest of my life. I like that. I never, that's a good one. It just clicked. It was like, it was SEMA two years ago and we were walking around. I was like, man, we got it. Like, what's the name for these things? Cause I've heard like North Carolina style. I've heard squatted trucks. Like everyone has like a different name for them. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah. And it was like when the Kyle joke was at like its peak meme. I'm like, yo, this is Kyle style all day. And it just clicked for all of us. We're like, yep, this is Kyle style. Sold done. So I had are a they, are, but are like Kyle style trucks like are they getting fast now because I feel no, like no oh because no. I think that that's the redemption like no one like everyone thought donks were ridiculous oh but now God, the dude. donk master has a car that'll probably whoop you if you're yeah. not like I mean he'd probably give a lot of people a really good run I mean I don't know if you guys saw him race demonology yeah. gap yeah. the shit out of him you know it's like now so, you have to respect I mean, dogs. You know, so I mean, like the minute someone makes a Kyle style car run seven seconds, we're all going to go. Yeah, man, it's not my I thing. I feel like Hoonigan is low key building a Kyle style drag truck and you're trying to, you're trying yeah, to drag know, this shit out. You're right? building a 1200 horsepower donk right be now. Be real with us. 1200 horsepower Kyle style. We are building a thousand horsepower. I'm excited. Style. I can't wait to see it. That thing is going to be sick. And we I worked was with donk master and the dude was such a, he was awesome, man. He was awesome to work with Sage, he, right? He's an absolute character. He's, he's awesome, man. Fantastic. Actually, I, I, my wife won't let me mom. build one. If anybody listening and wants a, a a big rim race car built, please get at me because I'm ready to build one for somebody. Yeah, What's considered a big rim on the Donk World? 24s? I think 20. You got to be on, what is it, 24s or up at least? Yeah, they just released a rule book because <laughs> um, they actually That's started. Awesome. Yeah, they, they're starting the National <laughs> love Donk Racing Association. It's NDRA. And, oh, my uh, God. I love that find them on instagram i think they have a website sorry he sent me the rule book the other day and i think it depends it's all based on like they have like the heavyweight category mm -hmm. and it's all weight based because what ends up happening in that space is you got g bodies on you know 24s 26s racing donks and it's like they're those yeah, cars yeah. are a thousand pounds in difference yeah. just yeah. in steel alone down right so but it's it's insane the level that they're taking this to um what's the one car he's out of somewhere out of the south i'm not sure exactly blue magic is one yeah, i know that, I've, i just saw that car is on methanol no radiator 16 volts like and yeah. it's on 28s and yeah. it's yeah. fast it's so fast donk masters for like his his you know main car uh we you know we he finally got to like look under the hood he runs like an old you know like the honda radiators like the yep. little, little yep. tiny ones like he's got one of those in there it's like a full drag race car like yep. but it still has a full interior yeah which is kind of cool like they still keep the aesthetic and the look but they you know they make them just move and I, we went to a donk race up in sacramento 
and I was just amazed how these cars hook. Yeah. Like, I was just expecting like just a ton of wheel speed, but most of them just, they just get up and go. And if you yeah. think about it, <clears throat> there's no forgiveness on a radial tire there's no forgiveness yeah but they're but at the same time like they're sitting you know they're basically running like a big 32 yeah you know when you do the math on them you know it's but but there's no give i mean yeah. it's just it's just full driveline fractures because i know i know a couple guys <laughs> i know of a couple guys like now i'm in north carolina so i'm, I'm kyle styles surrounds me and uh the the rim racing is you know in the southeast is pretty big out here in know a couple of cars and i've heard some numbers about the weight that they're hanging in the trunk on these cars and it's north of 300 pounds of weight just to make these things get down the track on yeah. top of systems boxes subs amps like yeah. you'll see them in the pit or in the in the lanes for to go make qualifiers and not qualifiers to go test and tune and they have their systems turned up and it's the best i love it i think it's so in the chicagoland area it's huge it was huge for yeah. a long time and okay. set on kill racing ron story is a very good friend of mine and he had a g body a grand national on like 22s or 24s and he was one of the first people to do it and i saw it and i was like I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. And then I saw it leave and I was like, I don't hate this one bit. And it's just progressed so crazy in the last 10 years. And it really has been when we first kind of, I don't want to say discovered the donk thing, but I mean, really like people knew what it was in the South and they knew what it was in Miami and, you know, in areas yeah. like that, but it wasn't really, you know, well-known nationally. So when we first kind of stumbled on it in the, at rides magazine, you know, we would go on the road and, and shoot all these cars. And uh, at the time, most of them were just kind of lifted up on big wheels, stock, you know, 350s. And um, none, very few of them made power. It's funny you bring up. We went to Chicago and then North Chicago, which for everyone listening is like 100 miles apart from each other. Like, it is. It's not even it is. This, North Chicago, I thought, was just north of Chicago. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, it's like a different city in a different yeah. area. Yeah, and we were, and I think that's one of the first times I saw like a really fast car. Yep. Like they, this guy had basically had, um, you know, a drag race motor that he plucked out of, uh, I think he said like a Malibu or something, and he, mm -hmm. you know, he threw into a box, and you know, and I was like, now this is cool, like getting to see that because for me, just like with the Kyle style things, like. I like aesthetic things that make them fast and I like them even more. Right. Yeah. Like I, I want to build a thousand horsepower low rider. That's like rolls on Vogue's and Dayton's and, and hop, but <laughs> still has mayo. a thousand horsepower just cause why not? Why yeah. not? Like, when they stop getting all like stupid and stilty looking and they kind of give them that squat and, and, and when yeah, the build yeah. quality went up, that's when I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I, I can dig this. But, but every when trend, it was the, every trend needs that space. Yeah. So. Yeah. When it was the clown cars with like your favorite candy or cereal and blazing oh, down the side man. of it, that's Seven Eleven. Like, yeah, most guys who are in the big wheel community now will tell you that like that was not an era that you know they loved and you know <laughs> they, they hate on that stuff in their own in their own community as well. But yeah, like, Alteza tail light era. I just yeah, but at the, the same time, man, I, I drove the Lucky Charms car around uh, <laughs> around I think Sumter, North Carolina, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So from it. Donks to Gymkhana, the series over the year has progressed. And I know we talked about like how you try to constantly one up. Um, what was it like transitioning? Like you're the, basically the, the, the puppet master is what I would call it behind <laughs> pulling the strings on Ken and Travis. Uh, how is that? Like, what is that like? Like, how hard is that job to sit there? And I know I've heard you mention it before. Like, it's 
hard to capture speed on mm-hmm. film to make that shot work. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you guys face? Because this has gone from you're racing a Subaru and ripping around on an abandoned airfield to now you're at IMAX movie level production. It the seems. cinematography, I'm going to just ride on you for a minute, bud. The cinematography alone is it rivals like Oscar level films. Like it's insane. You like my aunt, my whole family's in art and design. And I told him, Hey, this guy's coming on the show. You should check his stuff out. And they're absolutely breathless. It's, it's, it's just this, the way you set these shots up and the way you run through this. And I think I echo rise question when it comes to being the puppet master, what is it like working with Ken? And what are you talking about? Right. Contrasting Ken and Travis or just in general? Yeah. A little bit of both. I mean, you and Ken have worked together for a very long time. Um, and Logan and I talked about this before. Uh, so, you know, give us a little back on that. And then what was it like working with Travis who has been go fast, go fast, go fast, go fast. And now you're like, Hey, put some stank on it. Uh, we need a little bit more pieces of flair on this. Like what are the challenges with that? Uh, all right, so I'll answer the first question first. Um, and there's kind of three questions here. One, yeah, is, we're not good at this. Yeah, we're terrible. The general, <laughs> the general, you know, effort that goes into it. Two, kind of like working with Ken and then contrasting that working with Travis. Um, I, I will tell you that uh, the Junkana films are the most difficult thing I do every year, which is weird to say because in some ways it's the most formulaic, right? It's the same thing, right? I mean, I'd be the first to admit it. Like it's it's very similar that we, we do the same things and there's always the jokes of like, we just go and do donuts in different cities. And like, there's some <laughs> truth to that. Right. But the expectation on them is so high. Right. And like being in this world where you're constantly setting your own bar and then trying to break your own bar, um, you know, is really difficult. And uh, it's, it's definitely something that sometimes I don't enjoy making because of how stressful that is. Right. Like you're, you're uploading it the night before, And when you're uploading it, you think it's the worst piece of garbage you've ever made. This is it. The whole franchise is over. No (laughs) one's going to watch it. It's going to be complete fucking trash. And everyone's going to say it's Brian Scotto's fault. Brian Scotto ruined Jim Conna, right? I mean, like, that's how you get in your own head, right? And and I also think if you don't do that, you're probably not that good of a creative. I've always said if you're a creative and you like your own work, you're probably trash. But, like, (laughs) if you're a creative and you think everything you make is garbage, like, then you're probably pretty good at what you do. (laughs) (laughs) because because you need to be that critical of things right and i am mozart then that's good (laughs) but um but no i uh so it it is difficult and it's difficult to keep doing the same thing over and over again and but trying to do it in a different way and and trying to elevate that and it takes a lot of work and you know it's it is very rewarding but there's a lot that goes into it and you know between all of us here um i prefer making the daily content on youtube i just i like the youtube nature of well if this didn't work we could try something again tomorrow Mm -hmm. um not like hey we're gonna work six months on this one film and put everything into it and luckily for us they've all have worked right and they've all done well um but it's it's you still don't think it's going to the night before it uploads and um so in terms of working with ken um you know Ken's been fantastic with all of this, right? I mean, this was his series that I was partially involved with on one and two, and then became heavily involved with, you know, on three, four or five, and then really kind of, you know, took the reins uh, in the last couple where, you know, it's, it's very much been my baby and, you know, and, and putting them all together. So, um, you know, I think Jim kind of seven was the one that like, I really 
you know, I, I just, I wanted to be involved in every single piece of it. Like what Ken's leather jacket looked like, what the, every scene looked like. Like I really got involved in every single piece of it. And I've been like that ever since. Um, but I've always had some, I've had been involved since the first one. And uh, they, you know, Ken is, uh, Ken's awesome to work with because he thinks like a filmmaker so like he can see the angle when he's in the car he knows what the angle should be yeah him like the shot set up and how to approach yeah and a lot of people don't do that you know and it's funny because i'll kind of you know we're i'm connected with ken on on headphones right so um i'm talking to him the whole time when he's in the car and he'll say something like hey is that camera getting this? Cause like, I don't feel like from this angle and like, he'll be right. I re- like, it's awesome. Yeah, I remember we were there. Me and Josh came down there for Jim kind of seven. Yep. And watching you, like when you said the cameras roll, it was crazy. Cause it was like, everybody just shuts the fuck up and gets out of the way. And it's literally, if you stand back a little bit further from what the camera is, it's here's Scotto. And then here's Ken in the car. And it was like, that's it. That's basically what makes this whole thing go on and watching you guys kind of work with each other. That's why I say the puppet master. Cause it's like, you're on the mic pulling the strings for him. The one shot I remember was, uh, it was like the little ramp and he kind of came off of it and did like a 360. And it was a, it was a fuck up the first time. And you're like, Hey, if you're going to do something cool, can you let us know so we can put the cameras in the right position for it? And then that became the shot. So like watching you guys work with that, this is how it was scripted, but we're going to make this adjustments on the fly to make it a better product was like, it was super impressive to watch and see how it all gets put together. Yeah. And look, I, you know, I always tell people it's like filming sports, right? You don't know where the quarterback's going to throw the ball. So you have to be ready to capture it all. And when you film this stuff in Hollywood, like they know exactly where the car is going to land, right? Like we're going to do this and this is how we're going to do it. And they script the whole thing out and the stunt guys go and practice it for three days. And, you know, and everyone, you know, says, oh, Ken's had all this these practice tries. It's like, nah. if you watch Jim Connor Files, you know that most of the tire marks are because cameras weren't in the right position or, you know, we are just warming up and kind of getting into it. But, um, you know, a lot of times we don't know what the car is going to do. And I think the perfect example of that was Jim Connor 5. Um, Ken does the slide up the hill and drift jumps. Yeah. And yeah. almost hits the back. And he, he, he ends up like six inches from the barricade. And the truth is, is that's the second time he did it. And you know why it's the second time he did it? Because my camera lenses were so tight that he shot right through the lens on the first take. Because <laughs> I'm looking at him thinking he's going to land here. Yeah. And instead he was like, just like yep, right through the right lens. Through the he frame. went an extra 75 feet further than I thought he was going to go. Like, I didn't think <laughs> it was going to be that wild of a moment. And to this day, it's probably my one of my favorite shots because that was one of those we had no idea how it was going to work and you don't practice that yeah. like you just got to do it live and and that is so much to me like the things that came from skateboarding and riding yeah. bmx where you're like all right i'm going to try to jump this set today i'm going to try to hit you know you know do whatever and like you know you're i'm going to try to grind this rail or whatever it might be and you got to you know you have that day to get it and, and to yeah. figure it out right there isn't like really practice there's seat time of doing other things that make you feel confident enough that you can go and do it which is what ken has but then we have to put it all together and get the right angle and get the right shot so that's something that like ken really brings to it um travis could not be more different than ken <laughs> um ken is very aware of the 
filming that has to happen to make it all work and travis just wants to go fast yeah <laughs> like travis is probably one of my favorite personalities behind the wheel i mean he's so excited none of it feels like business to him it all yeah. just feels like fun and i think you can tell you watch these guys on their in car and ken's just like you know ken looks like i always say it's like he's listening to a podcast like, yes he does oh my god and travis looks absolutely terrified <laughs> he looks this terrified. was one of the most yeah, talked about things <laughs> i'm telling like we put that we put it on when it when it got dropped we have a tv in our waiting room we put it on and we all sat there and the second it was over we looked at each other and we were like he was scared that whole yeah. time he looked so scared because his face was so the personality and Travis is an icon to people. 100%. And it's one of those things, watching the emotion he goes through and seeing that on film was one of the most brilliant parts. And to roll back just really quickly, Jim Conifiles single-handedly changed my, I wouldn't say my entire opinion because I've always really respected Jim Conna and what it takes to produce. Seeing it firsthand from your point of view in a documentary style like that put a whole different aspect of my i'd never even considered some of the things that you guys talk about and the things that you have to set up and the challenges and the tribulations you have because from a shot standpoint everybody you, you mentioned it you know everyone sees the tire marks thinks we get a bunch of chances yep. i'm not gonna lie that's kind of how i felt then i watched the jim files and i'm like what in the hell man it's insane to see what comes out of there and and even two three attempts just keep going keep going keep going and you get it first or second try but it's in, it's absolutely mind blowing to see what goes into making those. It's it's crazy to me. Yeah, thanks, man. And, you know, it's an entire group. It's like I have this amazing group of camera ops who I can trust, and I know that like you know they're gonna get the shot. And you know, producers and you know, I, I, there's this one guy who's probably the biggest, you know, or the most unsung hero, which is uh, Jeremy Robinson, who's my AD, and he's the one that's on the like he's the one talking to everybody that I'm not talking to. So I'm talking to my DP who's talking to the camera ops and I'm talking to Ken, but he's talking to everyone else, including like the police and like, you know, what you don't realize when you're doing things like this, like neighbors get mad and come yeah. out and start yelling and it's a logistical to to shut down and yeah. people who know the mayor call the mayor and are complaining. <laughs> like, you know, I've got a whole group of people who sit in a hotel dealing with that. Cause it's true. I mean, it really happens. You know, like we had a Sikorsky helicopter in Jim Connor nine and um, someone thought that there was like that the helicopter had crashed because we were flying it so low. So they called in the police, the helicopter crashed. So mid filming, like 25 fire engines show up to fight, you know, to put out the fire that they <laughs> thought was coming from the helicopter because they saw a tire smoke rising up from the back of a building where they thought this huge Sikorsky helicopter crash. You know, and there were people in the background who had to deal with that so that we could keep making a film. You know, there's, there's so many pieces of this that all come together. I remember. I remember being told, like, if anybody asks what we're doing here, we're filming a uh, Canadian a TV show. It was a Canadian TV show is what okay. we were told that day. Yeah, we give a different one all the time. Sometimes yeah. we do a mayonnaise commercial, which is an old, <laughs> oh my God. Is, it's an old porn industry thing, yeah. which was like when you were shooting porn, if someone asked you what you were doing, you'd say you were shooting a mayonnaise commercial. <laughs> like that was like an industry joke because you'd be like at someone's house shooting a porn scene in their living room and their neighbor's like, what are you guys shooting? And you can't be like oh, we're in here with Jenna Jameson. You'd be like, we're shooting a mayonnaise commercial. I do feel like you have produced a Jenna Jameson porno. You no, know, I, I wish. I wish. I just haven't 
That's how unfortunate. <laughs> now I'm going to pay for a cameo appearance from her to, to congratulate you on the next Gymkhana. That's sweet. Like, Thanks, Brian. I'm your biggest fan. Well, Brian, I know you're short on time. We were uh, threatened that if uh, you went over that we would never be allowed to play with you ever again. No, so. but we should do this more often. I, I really enjoy this format. It's super mellow and uh, yeah, dude. conversational. Oh, Welcome to come Never mind. We can't have you back. You said mellow and I'm strictly against that. <laughs> no, I say not. mellow all the time and he fucking hates it. So, no, hey, yo, mellow is good for a podcast. Like casual conversation is good, right? I think yeah. that um, I, I was just saying this on a on a podcast that I was doing last night and hosting myself was that I'm sick and tired of listening to every podcast be an origin story. Yeah, like where you're just because you you hear it from the same thing. Like the you know I, how many times you can hear the same person tell the same story right. over again. And sometimes it's just like get good getting people talking on like different topics, right? We're so trying our best by to far, avoid that. Slim Thug yes. was the high point of conversation today. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you worked on that for three weeks, right? He was, was so torn up about that. it. He needed yeah, it. and I want the unexpected. And, and trust me, when the screen went black, I'm like, oh man, what's he going to pull? He- like, oh, what's he going to pull? <laughs> All right, new segment, Curveball Scotto. Yep. We're going to do it once a month. We'll schedule Real quick set before it up. you go, uh, gun to your head, you have two seconds to answer how many cars you currently own. One. Oh, you're two. dead, bro. Yes. You and Mike Finnegan have the same problem, so don't feel bad. Yeah, I don't even know. I think 16. I think 16. <laughs> Come on, so, man. I don't know. I may or may not have bought one last week that, like, I haven't even seen yet. I just – it's bad when you have, like, friends in other states. Yep. You could be like, oh, dude, yo, can you go pick this up for me? We've and with, like, there. no plans of ever figuring out how it's going to get just back. Just sits in their backyard for two years. I yeah, just yeah. I just did that to a guy. <laughs> a car sat in his house for 14 months before i finally got it trust me dry you're gonna get a phone call i'm gonna be like hey so uh there's you, this car that you did i know it to me uh, before with subaru yeah, what part of what part of north cac are you in right now uh, i'm on the coast <laughs> uh anywhere you want me to go all right sweet <laughs> he's setting his gps reminders yeah. on craigslist right now <laughs> yeah man my craigslist level is serious I, the other I, I do have to go but the other day um <laughs> The other day I posted up, I was looking for a particular car that's only available in Europe, which is a station wagon version of my Audi. And they made like a fast one there called the S2 and the RS2. They so had a Chicago I, motor cars? What's up? I thought they had one at Chicago motor cars. I could be they wrong. They probably did. Yeah. The um, But uh, anyway, long story short, uh, I posted up asking that, you know, hey, if anyone knows of one, let me know. A ton of people sent me links to all these different places in Europe and so on. But then, like, another 20 people are trying to sell me other cars I didn't ask about. Yeah. <laughs> and every single one of them, I'm, like, asking questions on. Like, oh, like, no. Tell me more. <laughs> and some kid posted a video the other day of being, like, I'm talking to Brian Scotto. And, like, this dude, like, car cane is real. He's, like, a fiend. He's, like, asking me for photos of all these cars <laughs> that I have. And I was, like... I don't even know if I'm getting trolled. I don't care. Like, yeah. if you got a car that is cheap, I'm going to try to buy it. Like, yeah. let's figure this out. So, although yeah. speaking of trolls, have you guys seen this new troll that's going on on TikTok? It's the no. meanest thing ever. No. Um, kids are posting cars that are really valuable cars right now, like Supras. And they're they're posting them as like Toyota Celica. Uh, oh, my God. Just need this out of my garage. It was my dad's. Fifteen hundred bucks. Come get it. The gray one with all the dust on it. I saw yeah, that and one. They know what they're posting, but they're doing it, and then they're going through and just scrolling through all of the oh. DMs that they get on on TikTok to make fun of everybody who's hitting them up, thinking they're going to buy a fifteen hundred dollar Mark 
you know, Force Supra. God. And it's become, so it's Skylines, Mark IV Supras, FDRX7s, like all the like Fast and Furious, like era JDM cars are high on the hit list right now. And it's, I hate it because part of me, as someone who spends so many hours looking for that next deal, uh, I hate it. But then the part of me who just enjoys internet comedy absolutely loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, don't worry. I got an FD for you next time you come on the show. I'll just sell you mine. Oh, sweet. Uh, I'll give you 1500 bucks. Sold. Calling. Get down here, buddy. <laughs> give you the seat out of it. Brian, thank you so much for coming on, man. We yeah, really man. do appreciate it. Guys, this was fun. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. sir. Thanks, man. See you guys. Later. No, you okay, can't. now that he's gone, let's talk nothing but <laughs> shit about that guy. Brian Scott, ladies and gentlemen. What a great guy, man. Yep. He's a good he's guy. He's got a plethora of stories. That's good. I still he's... want to climb him like a redwood. I didn't ask, but I, the only question I wanted to ask, and I forgot to till just now, is what's the first part of your body you wash in the shower? Oh, and he did. He, he gave you the perfect segue because he was talking about that's where he does all his good thinking. I know, man. I blew it. I freaking blew it. But the fact that a dude like Brian Scotto will come on our podcast and just shoot the shit with us for an hour is, uh, I don't know how you feel, Rye, um, but him and Mike Finnegan, James Tall, all of them coming on, yeah. it's it's just cool as hell, man. It's, it's super awesome. cool to be involved with those people. I'm Not so much you, up. but everybody else, you know, <laughs> kind of like just, just really feeling really jazzed up right now. Just jazzed. Yeah. It's it was super mellow. I love it. <laughs> Head over to clapdot.com slash store. Get yourself some merch. We don't like have anything, but I'm just. There's not a lot up there right now, but. Also, keep it out for. Clap tactical. Clap tactical. You'll pay for the whole gun, but you won't know how to shoot it. It's clap.podcast. We're out. <laughs> Turn it off.